Hello everyone, my name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the podcast all about Joshi Pro Wrestling here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Every other Monday, we are with you talking about the biggest news in Joshi, along with show reviews, previews, and much, much more. So if you're new to Joshi or you've been a longtime fan, this is the show for you. We've got something for everyone here. So check us out, Jumping Bomb Audio. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey there, Thunder Buddies and Travelers Down Thunder Road. It's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder Rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway, coming to you as part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network and powered by a large man I'm your host, your conquistador upon Thunder Road, Dave Ryan, and I'm joined, as I am every week, by a faithful co-host, Stagger Lee Malone. And Lee, as they say, as the great philosopher once said, it's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's been a real cursed journey to get to this point. Like, pe- people know, people who have been following the show for a long time know that uh, the only thing we hate more than World Championship Wrestling sometimes is when we miss, uh, like, a mm-hmm. show release window. Like, nine times out of ten, 4 p.m. GMT uh, on a Thursday, you're getting some content from your Thunder Boys. Um, so for us to miss it by not just days but a whole week oh, infuriating like, I was so mad and not even at either one of us it was just like we just couldn't schedule anything it was it was one of those circumstances conspired mm-hmm. um, you, you I was unwell well. one of the nights uh, then I was work blah and then you have been mm-hmm. work blah as well uh, and you also being a father. Yes. Blah. <laughs> I also had a other podcast appearance that I had scheduled in. Yeah, fucking big timed me. <laughs> Makes a change. Oh, sorry, Dave. Can't do it. Fucking Gagney's calling. Well, All I mean, right. Okay. On, Ryan, Joe Gagney. <laughs> Look, I, do you know what? I, dro- I drop you in a hot second for Joe Gagney. I'm not going to lie. Um, Joe, if you want to host a podcast about Thunder, hit me up, buddy. At da- I'm at actually the worried because uh, Joe Gagney probably would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would. Yeah. The only person who would answer that call quicker is probably Aaron. Um. <laughs> that is true. But yeah, no, this has been yeah. uh, quite quite the journey to get here um, for this podcast. Uh, it, it's, it's funny because like usually when we miss, it's like a really... 
inconsequential thunder, but like this is the most like historically significant thunder yes, in we, ages. And, and I wouldn't mind so being like, excited to watch and talk about the show. Is the rare the rare time where like I I actually really want to talk about this show and not just like, bury um, it. It, it, um, it seems like weeks ago now at this point you put on the show and went, "Oh my god, it's the thunder." Yes, it's this one. It's this one. Um, yeah, well, look, we'll, we'll get into it in a couple of minutes because we don't have, uh, frankly, that much preamble this week. Uh, one thing I do want to make note of, Lee, is that for people who have been around uh, the Days of Thunder Parish for a while, you'll know that the uh, the weekend of a Big Four or a an AEW pay-per-view, we usually do a little live stream, sir, that we call the pre-pre-show. Uh, and this weekend is no exception. Yes, Revolution this Saturday, I believe. Yes, we will have a pre-pre-show on YouTube. It's, I, I actually, I hate to break it, I think ah, it's Sunday. Get the fuck. I'm pretty sure Revolution is March 5th. Ooh, okay, this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Actually, you know what, that might actually work out better for me. Yeah, March fifth. Well, look, this is this is the thing. Is like we've committed to this fucking thing now, so it really doesn't matter if it works well for either one of us. We're fucking doing it. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll have the pre pre show live on YouTube, and um, we will tweet out the yeah. link, put the link in our Discord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you will. You will all get the if you are following us on Twitter, if you're following us on the Discord, if you are a Patreon. Uh, subscriber you will get the link uh, to our pre-pre-show uh, granted uh, comments and questions and things like that we're going to take uh, first preference to our patrons uh, who are in the chat on some platform um, but yeah it, it, they're usually a fun time these pre-shows Lee we hang out for about an hour before the, mm-hmm. the zero hour show starts and um, we talk about what snacks we've got for the pay-per-view we we evaluate other people's snacks we run down the card do our predictions and i don't know just answer questions chat shit hang out with the guys um i've yeah, really enjoyed them um so far i think we've done four great maybe way to build up to the show itself and uh because there's nothing yeah. worse when you're sitting around waiting for something to start so what be- what mm. better way to do it than and- to sit around with us yeah, hopefully it's going to be like a, a less um, stressful live stream because I was having computer issues like the whole week leading up to the Rumble live stream and only fixed them on the night. So I think there was a there was a, a greater than 0% chance I was going to have to bail or call in on my phone to that live stream, which would have been a fucking disaster. Um, but we're here. We're here. Um yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Revolution, but we will talk more about that uh, on the night, I guess. Um, I wanted to give you an opportunity, Lee. I don't know if you've seen the match, but uh, considering you're a noted fan of him here on the program, we finally have the possibly for now, maybe only for a couple of weeks, final bye-bye. Uh, Muta is uh, retired, sort of, kind of. I don't really believe it. He's retired um, until he gets offered another bag. Um yeah, I haven't seen the match yet. Um, just the, the, yeah. like I said, the the week that's been in it, I just haven't got around to watching. It. I will eventually. Um, mm. Yeah, look. Did you watch the Sting I, and Derby match? No, again, I just haven't got around to it. Oh. so yeah, so I, neither. Bye bye. <laughs> I will sit down and do a great Muda bye bye rewatch. Um, mm-hmm. 
look, I, I don't believe this is it. I think he'll still come back at some point because what wrestler ever retires. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. Great Muda was, like to me, one of the coolest wrestlers of all time. I've talked about this a lot on the show. Mm. And I think it was... Look, it was him absolutely doing one last work, if that's what you want to call it, by getting in there with Chono after mm. his own match. Yeah. Typical KG Mudo stuff, but... Typical yeah. of the man. But look, what, what yeah. can you do? Carney's and hey, end. look, New Japan got, a, um, got their own show on a on Noah's dime, so good on them. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Um. Hey, uh, the other thing I want to mention beforehand, something that will probably, I don't know if we'll do a pre-show for this, or I'm thinking we just do a pre-show for the whole weekend, but um, I know you're kind of um, not as chronically online as me anymore, but have you seen much of the um, the the card shaping up for Supercard I of Honor? Have. Yeah, we've got three matches that I have mm-hmm. circled in the calendar. Uh, they are finally doing the thing, uh, that being Eddie uh, Kingston uh, versus we're, Claudio. We're just giving away spoilers now, are we? Yeah, yeah. Screw it. Like it was all uh, over the internet. Yeah, uh, like, uh, look, if you're look, I, I'm go- I'm going to make a, a massive assumption here, Lee. If you are listening to a podcast about WCW Thunder, you're pretty online. <laughs> um, I don't think this is going to be a great spoiler. Um, it looks like Mark yeah, Briscoe Samoa awesome. Joe. Excellent. And uh, the one, the challenge hasn't been answered, but your boy Wheeler, U- Wheeler Yuta has called out Katsuyori Shibata. Big, big... Which is like, this is now just the gimmick. Is like Shibata is under contract to New Japan, but will wrestle yeah. anywhere but New Japan. Big Yuta's making the big challenge. Um, yeah, no, just yeah. look, three yeah. awesome matches. And that's only like the beginning of the cards taking shape. Yeah, yeah. Very excited. I actually just reading the reading the, mm-hmm. the tapings i'm like oh i could get into this new ring of honor now could i get into it to pay for honor club level of get into it mm, doubtful at this point <laughs> do, um, do, do you know what you should do like though? you should start an roh podcast on vow with mark yeah no they go hugely well um <laughs> look at you fucking stirring that pot he's never Here gonna listen <laughs> fucking fucking rich crates listen to this he slammed on the fucking brakes of his car <laughs> you're what uh, he's not he's not returning that call <laughs> uh but i'm uh i like i'm like am i at the point of subscribing to honor club now but am i somebody that like would see immense value in if and when they figure out some sort of combined price to give me my aew and my ring of honor I would very well, much like that. I know somebody that subscribed to Honor Club at the moment, so. Hmm. Oh, yes. Interesting. Interesting to me. Um, we shall mm. parlay, my friend. Um, shall we get Let's. into this, Thunder? Uh, without further ado, this is Thunder episode 66 from Syracuse, New York. Getting, like, so high up above the Mason-Dixon line, they're getting a <laughs> nosebleed here. I'm not used to them being up in fucking New York State. Get used buddy. to a Russo's coming. Um Oh god damn man I can't wait to hear that fucking Iron Man rip off In a few months <laughs> You're gonna hear a rip off um, of the Iron Man rip off Yeah actually No we're gonna have several like Weeks of uh, just people saying The powers that be A lot and then yeah, be, the Iron it, Man it, It'll be the old BT bit with, You know with the hands just on the screen Yeah We've got uh, we're, we're here on the 10th of June 1999 
uh, almost smack bang uh, halfway through the year. Uh, this show got a 3.1 rating. Uh, we're noticing that they're kind of settling around the low threes now at this point, which has got to be fun for them. Uh, something I want to ask before we open this show is that we've had a lot of change around WCW lately where uh, the Nitro set has changed once. Uh, the the company's logo has changed. Um, several elements of presentation have changed, but to me, I'm starting to feel the creak in uh, Thunder is the one thing that is just like, I mean, it's good to have a constant, I guess, but like not so much the set, but I think like that the fact that the it's, opening it, video hasn't the same, fucking changed. Yeah. It's uh, like even Saturday night is now a rave. Yeah, I, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. That's the, that's the change I'm the most skeptical. <laughs> don't of, think I Jimmy Hart, uh, a, a rave guy in 1999. Jimmy yeah. Hart, disco biscuits. Oh, who, um, but yeah, no, I, I agree um, with you. It's it's very much the forgotten, forgotten about part of WCW at this point. Yeah, if you if you didn't think they didn't give a fuck about what happened on Thunder beforehand, this is your proof positive. Like, again, I mm-hmm. like the set. I think the set's fine. I don't think you necessarily need but to I, change it. But just the video has been the same since the uh, first But I episode. do think if you're going to revamp everything else within the company, you kind of have yeah. to make that investment yeah, and yeah. say, you know what, let's change it up. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if there is a major revision of it before they just go the to double the lazy-ass yeah. death rattle. Yeah, the where it's just the fucking... Mm. Big ass Tron, slightly different. Uh, I don't think so. I think they kind of. No. I think they do kind of intermittent weeks where it's sometimes it's just its own standalone thunder taping, and then other times yeah. it's just the nitro set. Mm. Mm. Uh, here's another thing. Uh, did you happen to catch Lee that uh, this Sunday, Kevin Nash is wrestling Randy Savage? You don't say. There's like a delicate balancing act to promoting. Um, a main event for a pay-per-view and I feel like they've fucking beaten us to death with this match and I think the reason for it is like so if this was like let's go back a few months and say uh, Paige and Goldberg at Halloween Havoc if that's a match that you're promoting you're like right okay well that's like a significant match do you know what I mean like that's the two big baby faces in the company first time match everyone's excited um I don't know. I have no energy in me for Nash versus Savage. I can see why they're pushing it as a big match. I like you think yeah. about it. They've both been in the NWO since what mid what March ninety seven. I think was when Savage joined. Um, so they yeah. haven't faced off in a one v one since at least that time. I think someone on this show says, and they it's never quite have. possible that they never have. Like, obviously, they were on opposite sides in many tag matches and stuff like that. Famously, the hostile takeover match. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, even throughout the black and white Wolfpack split, Savage was instantly with Nash, and it was always Nash and Savage yeah. versus Hogan and Hall. Mm-hmm. But I can see how they would think this is this could be a rating straw or a, a, a big draw on pay-per-view get a buy rate yeah but unfortunately mm-hmm. it's not 
peak Macho Man and Kevin Nash as a character has been very up and down throughout mm. 1999. He was heel, he was face. Yeah. Oh. So they had they had a stretch of doing house okay. show singles matches in 94 um, when Diesel was Intercontinental okay. Champion. Um, including one where Randy Savage beat him by DQ uh, in San Antonio. Um, but yeah, since they came to WCW, there's been a couple of multi-man matches, the hostile takeover match, as you said, a um, couple of tags. Um, and yeah, they just this is the first televised singles match between so, the two of them, um, which like should feel like and I think even if you did this two years felt, earlier, mm-hmm. would feel like a bigger deal. Because I think I think. Even the crowd now, like the crowd are into the out of control savage bit, but I feel like when it comes to him actually wrestling, even the 1999 fans have sussed that like there's no gas yeah. left in the um, tank. Like his his DDP feud in '97 really felt like the the end of Savage as a draw. Um, mm. yeah, it's it's just one of them things, and it's it's that thing of the one like WCW never never utilised Nash and Hall as those kind of, to get to Hogan, you got to go through these guys. Yeah, the, the standard, like, how you book challenging the, 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 big, big, heel the, the big heel And so that's why you never got the Sting Nash. You never got Macho yeah. Nash. Because that, the, pro- the, problem with, the problem with doing it the classic way is that would mean that Nash and Hall would have to yes, willingly lose a lot. Which happen, obviously. But I'm I'm like I am an advocate for the the throwing the baby like you know throwing the baby out with the bathwater and trying a new way to approach mm-hmm. those kind of things because like I feel sometimes the having to go through X Y and Z to get to your final destination can get a bit tiring. Like I know people complained in the last year or so that was kind of like a couple of MJF feuds back to back. Where like you have to go through, you know, you have to answer me these questions. Yeah, that, three that, that's his fucking... go-to obstacles. Yeah, I, and I think it's, I, I think it's unfair on on MJF. I think it's more of like it's a Tony mm-hmm. crutch because he's used it for like he's done yeah. it for Jericho, uh, he's done it for you know uh, in a bunch of different scenarios. Like they literally just did it with Jericho yeah. and Starks. Um, but yeah, like I. If you're just trying to be inventive and do a different way of getting to the big heel, fair enough. But like, like we said, this is blatantly. It's just like just no, the other two. Well, heels yeah, you don't want to lose. So let's let's fill the group with as many people as possible, so we don't have to lose. Yeah. Yeah. How how dare I backhandedly accuse WCW of being creative? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's the that's the the sitch for the the pay per view main event. But uh, today tries to throw to Larry. He's off to accept his kudos, and then we see what infamous week in World Championship Wrestling it is. Now we will talk about it later. We uh, won't unpack it now. But Lee, it's Hummer time. It is. Uh, this week I asked popular AI chatbot. <laughs> chat gpt who drove the hummer and they couldn't answer me um so it it stumped the combined knowledge of all humanity um this week i'm I'm sorry to say and we're just going to have to solve it later on 
Um, but yes, it is Hummer time. One of the most infamous WCW angles of all time. It, like one of the the many, many like shortcuts to make a punchline about bad WCW that exists. It's um, yeah, it's quite something. If but you we'll think get to it. Vince we'll get McMahon to it. has a thing about vehicular assault, oh boy. The only, yeah, uh, I'll tell, yeah, this, like, 99 was the peak yes. of vehicular assault in professional wrestling. Um, and even just the second half, because you got this, and then you've got, like, Survivor Series in November with Austin. Yeah, it's a whole thing this year. Um, th- one thing I do like, and I actually could have stood to see a lot more skits of, is uh, this opening skit, which is Savage and the girls in their limo. And he basically two to three times on this show uh, sees a large lumbering oaf and assumes it's Kevin Nash and it's always Brian Adams. Like it's not, it would be a little bit funny if it was just he's paranoid, he's freaking out and anybody that's tall. But the fact that it's Brian Adams every time, I kind of pop me. I got real fatter head vibes, you know, the uh, Victor Meldew. Oh yes, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, like you said, every time he sees a tall, kind of dirty, blonde, long-haired man, he assumes it's Nash and it just turns around and yeah. it's uh, Brian Adams. And, and there's no attempt for him to try and, like, suss out whether it's him or not. As like, no, it has. he's, like, so cocksure of himself and just jumps the fucker. Um, the thing I liked about this as well is, like, such lazy WCW. Like, in terms of whoever they had that was scouting locations, like, they got Brian Adams to park his rental car on the curb by itself yeah. outside the building. So, like, it's just, like, you can see the bollards up for where, like, you know, you're not supposed to drive through, and he's just parked there beside it. It's so well, fucking mean, but- lazy. Like, you couldn't even do, like, when the uh, the red and white, when the Dodge Viper <laughs> the uh, tried to... Yeah, the H. Hogan, uh, the H. Hogan incident, like even they did it in like the parking lot out the back. Now, it was suspicious that it was in broad daylight hours previously and somehow there was conveniently fans standing there. But like still, this it would, that was significantly more well, effort. Do, do you than not this. think that when you're Brian Adams, you can park wherever you want? No, I think when you're Brian Adams, it's not that you can park wherever you want. I think it's that you do park wherever you want. I imagine that man like has had more parking tickets than do, I've had do you hot think dinners. The, the artist uh, formerly known as Crush has ever pulled it. Do you know who I am? I think he definitely does a year from now because when you drop the name Chronic, uh, like you know the cop part, like the Red Sea, they'll let him do what he wants. He's got carte blanche. So you might as well have diplomatic immunity at that stage because Chronic are so over. Um, we get a promo clip then for uh, Sting versus Rick Steiner. Um, this leads into another video for Macho versus Nash. Can you tell it's the go-home show, guys? Um, the thing about the Macho versus Nash feud is that, like, the video in this case zoomed in on, like, the... Or focus, should I say, on, like, the, the lipstick the, the hum- and the, the sewage pipe concept of humiliating the other person. It, it wasn't so much that they hated it, it, it each other. D- it was that they were trying to one-up one each yeah. other. Is it just me or did focusing on that rather than any of the like, you know, a pull apart or a fight or like a blood feud or anything like that? Did it make it feel like a like a mid-card comedy feud? I was just going to say, at no point do you get the feeling that Macho Man Randy Savage is one of the best wrestlers in the world. It's just 
well, I'm going to yeah. target Kevin Nash. And, and that's yeah. his whole basis for this. Yeah. That's it. just so we can all establish, note it down, how you become number one contender in WCW is to just repeatedly randomly attack the champion or hominids that look similar to him in car parks. <laughs> Fake car parks, should I say. Um, we've got Gene with uh, Buff Bagwell. Uh, they mention here on commentary that just in an update, the latest... Uh, attempt at figuring out what the power situation is in WCW. So Piper is now just acting awesome. commissioner. He was he was just commissioner, but now he's acting commissioner. I don't know who he's acting commissioner instead of. I nothing. I got um, nothing. Uh, Piper has should say that yeah. Piper is also kind of a heel again because he's taken the piss out of all yeah. the younger wrestlers now. And he's got his, like, his talk show segment on Nitro. It's like the reality check. He's in that dumb fucking t-shirt he had. Um, Piper has announced that it's going to be Buff versus Disco at the pay-per-view. And this has annoyed Buff considerably. He says he's been there eight years and the company's had a thumb on his head. Which I thought was a weird turn of phrase. Um, He says he just beat Disco. Um, He needs the chance. Um, at the pay-per-view, not against someone like that. He wants to prove that he's like world title caliber. Uh, the cat and Sonny Ono came out and cat says he wants the ball too. Um, oh, I did enjoy here. There was just like, sometimes the cat has a very funny line. And in the middle of this, uh, he calls Gene Okerlund bird legs, which like properly like mystified Gene Okerlund. <laughs> He just didn't know how to respond. And then um, maybe my favorite line on the whole show where like Buff looks him up on the, up and down and Stoneface says, this ain't Taekwondo, brother. <laughs> um, so great. for all Buff's crying about getting opportunities, didn't he just wrestle for the US title on the last pay-per-view? No, we're supposed to forget didn't that. Didn't he lose did. to the US champion? <laughs> He did, yes. He did decisively. And then I got fucked say. over by the signers repeatedly because he's a geek. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that and you know that. But I'll tell you what the whole world knows. Tomorrow, opening in cinemas, Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. That absolutely yep. dates it massively. I didn't realize how early the first, because that's the second Austin Powers movie. International Man like, of the Mystery. The first one is Austin yeah. Powers International Mystery, yeah. That had to be like um, 97 though at the earliest. It must have been. Which, uh, yeah, it was 97, yeah. But like, I didn't realise it was were, that long they ago. They were all cash like, I w- grabs after that. Oh no, they were. But if you had asked me when the first one came out, I probably would have said 99. Like, it didn't feel like it was... Like, that's a 25-year-old movie this year. That's wild. Yeah, but I think if you... Were, if, Mark it down. Twenty five years. If, since if you went back and funny. watched it, I think it would feel very dated. Oh, it, do, it incredibly does. It, what doesn't help it is that it was like Austin Powers is parodying a genre which itself mm. was dated. You know what I mean? Um, now, Will Ferrell still incredibly funny with his broken legs at the end of the cliff. There are still. I, I think it was, yeah, it was during lockdown because Patrick H. Willems on YouTube did a video essay about how he actually really likes the first two, at least, of the the Austin Powers movie. And I, and I watched them again. And I will say, 
there are some good bits but yeah as a cohesive piece not so great yeah watch um, people pick it for dot at the movies yeah do you know what? i'd actually be compared to some of that absolute horse shit we've watched i would watch i would watch gold member again sooner than i'd watch the jesse ventura story really yeah oh man yeah definitely would don't know definitely i don't think you remember how i think maybe you've like put up blocks in your mind as to how bad the jesse ventura story was. <laughs> oh no it was bad do you remember when they did when when jesse did with, montreal with head on his head yeah yeah fucking hell fucking hell and we finally get our first match on the show which is conan and ray versus psychosis and viano five hang on what's it was it viano four or viano five it was Viano 5. I don't know. I have no idea. They appear once every eight months on this show, Lee. How am I supposed to keep track of that yeah, shit? You're, you're hosting this um, prestigious show. You should know the difference between your Vianos. Oh, I'm so sorry, Lee. It was definitely Viano 5 okay. in this match. How, how, do you know, how do you know it was 5? And I know... I know this because I, to start off my notes, I copy and paste ah. from Cage Match so that I don't have to write in the full names of anybody. That's how I know. Otherwise, I would be in the dark. Um, I will say, speaking of, um, you know, like, Viano 5 and 4 being almost identical, let's talk about gear. I really liked Psychosis' gear. Really? Yeah, it yeah, was like no, blue I, and I red. It was just like a little... No. Did you know, I thought it was like a little bit different, a little bit more colorful because he's usually in the like fairly dark or muted colors, and it was just something a little I thought bit it was different. A little bit I bland. It. I thought the blue just didn't work. Did you? Because like normally everybody now dresses in black and white on this fucking show, and I was like, yeah, a bit of color, yeah, mm. fuck it. Um, the jobbers, poor Sikosis and Viano, they only get half an entrance. It's not even a particularly long ramp, but they're only halfway down it before Conan and Ray's music starts. Um, they mentioned on commentary that Rick screwed Benoit and Saturn out of the tag titles on Monday. Uh, we get Conan's usual promo. Uh, Ray does like a very awkward shout out to some record label. Absolute fucking crickets in response to that. Uh, I did like seeing Psychosis high five Viano. They start, so they start the match and they turn around and they high five each other and I was like is that not a legal tag referee's just not on his uh, shit here I would absolutely be making those men change I, I think we've established right at this point um, that WCW referees are the dumbest people in the world oh and we'll talk about a referee just fucking taking the law into his own hands later on um, but we get like some all right stuff at about half speed. Then Conan comes in on a hot tag. Uh, Conan whips Ray into a rough rider. I, I like that the way they kind of like Conan slingshots Ray into his moves now. Um, that's a cool part of their team. Real low effort. Um, yeah. But speaking of which, like he does a little hot tag for 20 seconds, whips Ray into that rough rider and he's already blown up and tags out. Um Larry Zbysko says possibly the most accurate thing he's ever said in his life. Ray is the one who can move. True facts. Viano uh, crotches Ray, leaves him up on the ropes, and then uh, his psychosis hits maybe the sickest move in this whole show, which is like off the top rope, hits a spinning wheel kick to the mm-hmm. back of Ray's head. He's not even able to brace for it. 
Um, and like while all this is happening and they're setting up Ray for all these moves, I'm thinking like, where the shit is Conan? Like is Conan like in an iron <laughs> lung outside the ring because of his 20 <laughs> seconds of action? Um, he definitely missed his cue though. Did, did you notice mm, this? Not that I recall. So like they hit him with some sort. I can't remember what move it is. They they basically they hit him to the point where like ah oh, Ray's not kicking out here, and he has to. Clearly, it was going to be a broken pin, and Ray has to kick out at two point nine and then slowly get up and start his own comeback instead Conan, Conan of being there. You know, yeah. being saved and firing up. So it's it's pretty awkward because I think they lose place of where they are. Uh, now I will say, really cool move here at the end. Uh, Ray uses Conan as a pommel horse and somersaults over him yes, into a good. Hurricane Rana. Mm-hmm. That fucking rocked. And that is pretty much optimal use of Conan <laughs> as a prop in your parkour. Um, then we get a springboard Hurricane Rana from Ray for the win. Um, not nearly up to the standard that we would expect from two of these four guys, but, you know, it was got entrances finishers and pops which is all this crowd wanted and it's more than we get sometimes in these <laughs> it's very hours. much conan dragging ray down to his level unfortunately yeah, yeah. aviano was no great shakes either for all the fucking five seconds i can remember of i mean your hatred of aviano's is just i i can't get over this <laughs> is that a bit i mean, I mean look you, you refuse to differentiate between them you say they all look the same <laughs> well, that's kind of the gimmick. Like, is that they look the same? You have to defend yourself that's on like, this. What are you trying to? Why? Why are you trying to? What are you doing here? What's I'm just pointing game? out that you know your 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 lack of uh... inspiring. <laughs> you are. This is. You appear on one other podcast, and then you're just trying to fucking put Listen. me in the grave and move on to your new showbiz game show lifestyle you want to be the guy like who's you know always on hollywood squares you want to always be on five star match game you're you're too big for us now Listen, if That's people fine. want to do their homework and go back through through the records they will see that this is this is not a one-off this is not a something new it almost certainly is but then also at the same time their appearances are so deliberately not memorable on Thunder that I couldn't categorically say to you I've ever spoken out loud about so you, you can try to defend yourself in any way. Apart from the, I remember there was one. Was it was it Goldberg killed both of them? There was. I remember there was one squash match where both Vianos were killed, and we thought. Excuse it was like me, a sir. There are match. five Vianos, hence. Yes, but we have prominently only seen, I think, three. Hmm. I feel like we've seen three, four, and five over the course of Thunder. Definitely four and five. See, you, you can't even say for sure what you've seen. Just shocking. Shocking. I hate you call, you call so yourself much. a journalist. <laughs> no, I don't. What do you think? Are you trying to Ariel Hawani me now, are you? Is that what you're trying to do? Uh well, I'll respond to this if you tune in live <laughs> on SmackDown on Friday. <laughs> Com- what was a combat sports expert or whatever it was? Oh, asking yeah. the hard questions. Ah, oh, fuck that guy. Uh, promo graphic for rap versus crap. Um, 
that feud is continuing apace, but like eighty percent of that has all happened on Nitro. So we only get we only hear the commentators go, "Hey, we're still feuding." <laughs> I mean, does Bobby Duncan Jr. deserve any more than that? No, no. Hey, look, don't be disparaging Big Bob Come on my show, friend. Um. Gene is here at what he describes as a very odd turn of phrase again from Gene. The shank of the evening. Uh, the Jersey triad come out. I was going to say no mi- minus bands. the third like, person. Yeah, he's introducing it like all three of them are going to come out and then there's just no Bam Bam to be found. Um, in what I'm learning now is massive gimmick infringement from one Maxwell Jacob Friedman. They uh, refer to Bam Bam as Triple B. Which I do not like, uh, either to refer to the belt no. or to Bam Bam Bigelow. Triple B is weird. Um, so DDP says, the great thing about the triad is you don't know who you're going to get each time. He calls Nash Fabio, which <laughs> I did get a big laugh at calling him Fabio. And uh, he says that anyone in this business that goes around calling Kevin Nash big sexy I mean, he's not wrong. Stupid. Uh, no, he's not. And the be- the best is Gene is personally offended because he likes calling him big sexy. Um, he because he's a delusional heel now. He outright denies that he ever lost to Nash. Uh, the fans are telling him he sucks. Um, and they said if Benoit and Saturn want it, they'll see him. They'll see him on Sunday. I, I think the fans um, are into this DDP heel turn. Like after after the kind of is he a heel? Is he not a heel? He's still kind of a face world title run. The fact that he's now just a full-blown yeah. heel, the fans seem into it. Yeah, he's definitely over as a heel now. And plus he's aligned with two um, scumbags. Yeah, absolutely is. Um, we then get Macho jumping Adams, or nearly jumping Brian Adams again, and then challenges him for tonight. Um, oh my god. Okay. Okay. Here it is. We are going to get to the Hummer okay. angle now. So this is our flashback to the Hummer. But it's in video package form. Now, I remember with crystal clear clarity the mm-hmm. Hummer hitting the limo. What I do not remember is an earlier segment on this show where an attack happens at the hands of what I can only describe as a stealth contortionist. They don't show the full context of the angle, and I'm kind of afraid that looking it up would make it less funny. But is it Nash comes yes. out with a duffel bag? Or like a gym bag, large gym bag, out to the ring, and it gets placed on a chair in the ring, and somehow Nash is then back outside the ring Savage has to his the back bag. to the bag the bag opens and a contortionist who kind of looks like Kathy Griffin emerges from it and creates a distraction well, I mean all I can think is we know where they got the plot for Ocean's 12 from yeah yeah I just I was like I, I guess stealth contortionist is a big thing in 1999 um, and yes then we get this infamous angle. Do you remember yes. the Hummer thing happening at the time? Yes. <laughs> okay, let, let's let's hand over to you then, because I've been talking for a while. Oh, I mean, 
like you said it up at the top of the show, like you want to talk about infamous WCW angles. This is an angle that never fully gets paid off, but yet they hint to for what seems like months on end. I think at some point at least five different people show up on the show driving a white Hummer. Um I'm I very much was anticipating this because I like this Nash Savage feud spins off into Sid's debut. Um I knew that I knew the Hummer was another part of it. And yeah, I do, I just I love this. I I love I kind of love that they it's, never gave a definitive answer. Yeah. Um I like so Sid, when does Sid I don't even think it's anytime soon, is it? Exactly. I think we did this on the show already and I know roughly I know a, when a couple of people return. Uh, I'm trying to look at his his career here. Um online yeah i have no oh, i have no definitive timeline because he's got like, he's not at, he's no, not in and he, he only did a couple of shots in ecw yeah yeah he, in january mm. oh, okay he had matches with wait Promise. for this yeah yes yes the dudley boys cronus skull von mm-hmm. crush and just incredible. I don't, I... Uh, so he he's gone now from ECW. He left last month. Oh my god! Is it the, the Nitro after the pay per view? No, ah, it's the pay per view. Okay. Yep. Okay, <laughs> so we are literally on the on the yes. eve of Sid Vicious returning, which I'm like, I'm uh, I, I, I've been for. looking forward to it for you know, so we, long. Yeah, look, we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Sid is Sid. By a lot of metrics, he's awful. But then, and he's always been then awful. Again, he's Sid, right? But then something about him. Oh, Sid, Sid fucking rocks. <laughs> Sid so he's cut the same promo for like ten years, and it's still yeah. like good. Yeah, way before there was incoherent Steiner math promos and TNA, this was the originator. This this was the guy that, like, it wasn't even in the way that, like, I know Warrior is notorious for, like, the rambling, meandering promos that don't really mean anything. No, like, Sid is the progenitor of the genre of promo where he seems to genuinely confuse himself and get annoyed with himself mm-hmm. as he's talking. Um, that Scott Steiner would later go on to make into an art form. So I'm very happy to hear Sid's coming back, even if that also means we have to watch Sid wrestle um, in matches that aren't squashes sometimes. But to get, to get back to the main point, the, the, the Hummer. Yes, uh, yes, there's a Hummer. So this is the first appearance of the Hummer. Mm-hmm. It will not be the last. No, it will not, not even be the close last. to the last. No. Um, no, uh, the the Hummer would reappear. The um, and like I don't want people to misinterpret this, right? It's not like there's one long continuous oh, no, no, Hummer no. angle. This company would forget about the Hummer thing 
time and time again and then just I think every time they wrote themselves into a corner would yeah. dig up the fucking Hummer and I think there was a black Hummer at one stage there was a black I think they Hummer faced off stage. like Hummer yes. versus Hummer at one like a standoff <laughs> Mexican standoff with Hummers. I fucking love this company so much. And then, yeah, like as ChatGPT pointed out to me when I asked, nobody knows who it was supposed to be. And we never find out. But there were multiple rumors of it being, I think, like the one that I think always made the most sense, considering that he was under contract, was Scott Hall. But like there was, yeah, there was rumors. But this is the thing: is like he was. I would not be shocked if they were doing it because like they were doing Scott Hall's a drunk angle on TV while he was actually getting DUIs. So like it would not surprise me if they were that insensitive. Um, but one of the other rumors was Sean. (laughs) And look, I I know nineteen ninety nine Sean Michaels is not. Sean Michaels post nineteen ninety like he, he he's not the beloved figure he will become and the all time considered the all time great wrestler that he is now. This is the lowest ebb because he has not had the yeah, re- redemption arc. Yeah, this is this is like broken back, strung yeah, out. Fucking everyone thinks he's a cutting tit. rambling <laughs> promos on Raw. Um, yeah. Yeah, but can you imagine you get Shawn Michaels and debut him as the driver of Hummer? Yeah. Oh, look, it'd be a big get, but I I just don't think there was any chance at this point in 99. I don't think they had the juice to get a deal like that done. I mean, if there was ever a time he was going to get fired, it was 99. I, there's a lot of times where he could have got fired, but I guess yeah, in '99 he's no longer. And what, what was it? Was 2001 uh, where him and Triple H fellow? Or 2000? But uh, was it maybe? not 2000? 2000 because he comes. One of the big incidents in them falling out was when he came back for Judgment Day and he was out of his fucking mind for that Iron Man match. D- and there was I a time after that where he was going to make yeah, an appearance and they didn't even send him out. Judgment Day. I thought it was an appearance after that. Where they didn't even put him on TV, he showed up and they were just like, "You're not." Yeah, that, that that was the final straw. That was like a post. Pay, I don't know if it was directly post or when it was, but it was mm. in the wake of that where he was coming in again. And Triple H saw him backstage. He was like, "No, you're a fucking mess." Yeah, um. Yeah. Uh, but did, this is all to say that, like, I do you think they're ever like? I feel like this was a WCW thing where. They just did the angle. Let's figure oh, it out. 100%. Later. I like. I think they. I don't think there was ever a. This I is who they, it's going to if, be. If I remember correctly, they infer very heavily that it was Sid on Nitro, or even at yeah. the pay per view. Like I'm. Again, I'm. I'm trying to remember back, but I remember the inference being, oh yeah, it was Sid because him and Savage are in cahoots for the next two weeks or whatever it may mm. be. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to be hearing a lot of Hummer chat on this show going forward. I just want everybody I, 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 to be ready. I, I for think that. we forget this. 
no, what no, the no, actual no. angle was. There's people listening to this show that may not actually know what a Hummer is. Yes. Uh, so, like, a, a large gas-guzzling... Um, if you've ever Jeep seen um, thing. the Canyonero episode of The Simpsons, it's a, ca- it's it's a, a real life Canyonero. Yeah. Two lanes wide. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> 64 <laughs> tons of American pride. Canyonero. Um, yeah, I think it was made famous by Arnold. Wasn't it Arnold owned one? Yeah. Yeah, because there's, um, there's a Canyonero gag with Rainier Wolfcastle mm-hmm. in a later episode. I think they were a legit um, military vehicle at one point. Yeah, I mean they're the the specs of a military vehicle for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah. So what what actually happens in the angle is that um, Savage lures Nash into how, how dumb the limo. Is dumb babyface Kevin Nash to get lured into a limo by the three women of his main rival. Yeah, and then, like, the thing that's funny is, like, them doing the who could possibly drive the Hummer, where if you just watch the, if you watch the angle without hearing the commentator speculate, like, my brain goes, oh, it's it's Savage, is, like, because Savage, like, is there when the girls get out, and then he runs off screen, and then the Hummer comes in. So, like, the inference there is that, like, just Savage got in the Hummer, and he, like, while Nash is trapped in the limo, um he rams into it and this is very funny for two reasons uh because one there's this dramatic photograph of hanash hanging limp out the window it's like one arm hanging out (laughs) oh poor me and then immediately like later on in this show um i think him on the phone and he's like Nash is in his NyQuil voice and he had no sense oh, vehicular fine. homicide. He goes, oh yeah, I was able to get to the other side of the car. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be fine. I'll be there Sunday. <laughs> Got hit by a tank. Do you think okay WCW should have done what uh, Vince would do in 2002 with the NWO thing where like it just cuts to Hulk Hogan in the daytime in the in the fucking driver's seat of a forty foot going, Yeah, brother Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just cuts to Millhouse. Chimney Jillikers. Uh, right. Next up, it's uh Buff Bagwell versus the cat with Sonny. Disco on commentary, fuck me. Uh now, as much as I wrote Fuck me, because I was so annoyed that I was going to have to hear Disco during this, bit, during this match. During the entrances, he does call him Ernest the Shat Miller, which did yeah, make me I'm going to say, Disco was good on commentary. Because he he, he was just taking He was this. all right. Yeah. Um, Cat comes out here. He's changed his yeah, gear he's a wearing little a bit. Singlet. He looks like he's wearing a spare one of... Yeah, it's one of Horace Hogan's spares, it looks like. Um, the cat gets the heat and it's some of the dullest heat you'll ever see it was fucking lukewarm at best um, I think this is the stage in Nick Patrick's mullet where people need to have an intervention with him um, it is it's more out of control than Randy say, Savage is it, is it Nick that. Patrick that needs the intervention or the mullet I mean I need an intervention from like watching this show um, di- oh yeah Disco as if like the uh, Austin Powers thing didn't already date how old this show is uh disco makes like a pair of references here um back to back that really show you how long ago this was he references 
the martial art of Tai Bo. <laughs> the fitness craze. Which is like, it was one of the, like, it was the Eastern influenced fitness craze of yeah. the of the late 90s. And then he follows that up with a reference to fucking mm-hmm. Braveheart. What are you doing? I think it was Braveheart was like 1995, wasn't it? So like, it's yeah. a dated movie reference already in 99. Anyway, um, there's an interesting. Did you notice this? Like, because I am not paying attention to anything that happens in the ring during this match because it's it's outright bad. Did you notice the argument between Disco and Larry? That was quite like. If you want to sum up WCW in a nutshell, this discussion yeah, wasn't just the whole thing of Disco says the old guys on top are holding guys like him down. And Larry is like, ding, well, ding, ding. all your yes. generation are basic pieces of shit that don't deserve nothing. Yeah, yeah. He said, <laughs> he like, Disco says, what the fans want to see is young guys stepping up and challenging the old veterans in WCW. And Larry just turns around and says, yeah, but no one wants to see that because all the old guys would beat up all of you. Yeah. Like, just no sells it. Yeah, he's just like, fuck you and your generation. No, yeah, um, good job, babyface Larry. Hey, but hey, um, I was just going to say, at least we have Storm. some long-term storytelling when it comes to the New Blood versus the Millionaires Club. It's true, yeah. Oh, they're laying the seeds, laying the seeds. Yeah. So, like I said, crowbar in the ring, not Devon Storm. Uh, buff ducks, uh, grabs it, clocks Sunny, and gets why, why was he? Why was he DQ uh, for then Sunny? don't know maybe just the referee saw Sonny and was just so annoyed he rang the bell um Scott Norton <laughs> is out kills the cat stone do you know what this dead. is a bit I can get behind <laughs> oh yeah it's like the thing where you know they do the thing like if there was a bad match they'd send Steve Austin they'd do everyone with a stunner <laughs> just do it just have fucking Rick Snyder come out or Scott Norton come out just one of the grumbly old dads come out and just throw people around that, that would be a warning sign you just see Scott Norton come out at the entrance and you all of a sudden get out of the rest all quick <laughs> yeah uh, Disco hits the last dance and lays out buff um, Saturn and Benoit are with Gene Okerlund uh, I was aghast at Gene uh, taking the handoff from commentary and calling uh, Tanae mm. Michael Oh, that doesn't sit right with me. Um, Benoit says he has no respect for Flair anymore. Um, he called himself. I, I have developed such enjoyment of Benoit trying to sound t- tough but coming off like an idiot promos because he's like, payback is a bitch and I'm the bitch from mm-hmm. hell. Which, like, sounds like how he'd describe himself if he was a character on <laughs> Dynasty. Um, um, what what do you think of Saturn being back in his wrestling gear? Yeah, I'm here for it, to be honest. It is kind of like a bit of a mm-hmm. hit reset kind of thing. So in that way, I'm not a fan. Uh, but also, like, over, like, the kind of the fetish gear that they had really run out of steam with in a in a couple of weeks i I do like that saturn addressed the whole i don't like you but i don't have to like you to be your tag partner yeah Yeah. like it's you know it's kind of subverting the trope of like Mm. tag teams fighting each other where it's like we don't like each other that doesn't matter um yeah uh saturn says page you can hit the reset button all you want but i beat him 
I, I beat you and I will beat you again. Uh, and then you get forlorn ex-lover Dean Malenko. Oh, I love this. Gene being an absolute prick going, hey, Chris, remember that tag partner you had in the horseman, Dean Malenko? <laughs> and then did you hear the other yeah. line that Gene hit him with? Because there's like a hard focus in on uh, Dean Malenko's face. And Gene Okerland goes, look at the visage of Dean Malenko. <laughs> like you said. The bizarre. Dean like a disappointed da looking at Ben what yeah no I think forlorn uh, ex-lover that's what I think he's seen him with the new like oh he's here with stepdad <laughs> um, yeah so so uh, we're getting a tease of Malenko versus Benoit yeah uh, which you know, I'm here for um Singles match up next: Brian Adams with Vincent versus Randy Savage with Gorgeous George, Medusa. Uh, how about that big, that big baby face this... NWO Brian Adams? Yeah, I know this match. This kills the show. Yeah, and me. Um, my big takeaway from this match: the fucking veins in Macho Man's head. Yeah, he's uh, he. When you got a vascular skull, I mean, trouble. that dude was um, not looking healthy. No, uh, and look, we said it at the top of the show, uh, but I, I just gotta say it now again, uh, because it is like this is the match so far in his comeback, and he's only had a few, where it is like so evident that yeah. this guy is washed, Randy Savage. Now, look, he's in there with Brian Adams, and Brian Adams is that- Brian Adams. So it's not going to be a fucking and, like and notebook look, special, look, but Crush or Macho Man couldn't get a good match out of Crush in like ninety three, ninety four. So getting one out in ninety nine isn't going yeah. to happen. And, and here's the thing: like even when like there's a bad match, um, and it's with a guy like Brian Adams, you can always tell when a good guy is in there with you, someone. You can like walk him, around them. You can yeah. tell. Look, they're trying to do their thing. Yeah, or they can make it passable, or you can at least see the effort they're trying to put in. But, like, Randy Savage has nothing left. Like, it, I would be shocked if he has anything resembling a very good match the entire rest of the time we see him in the company. And if he does, it will either be against a, like, a generational worker, or it will be a freak. Like You, you mean a, a gener- generational um, worker like Sid? nothing. Um, no, no, look, the whole macho Obviously. thing at the moment is it's pure smoke and mirrors involving the women. Yeah, because, it's, yeah, it's the three women, it's the walk and brawls. Um, Adam's gorilla presses Savage on the rail. and that, then that, that was a nice throwback the to their crush Macho Man feud from 1994. Mm. Yeah, uh, guillotines him on the ropes. Uh, this is the thing. This is the thing as well. Like this match is going about three or four minutes, and I was like, "Randy Savage is the number one contender, and he's going 50-50 with Probably Brian." Less Adams. than fifty-fifty. Adams is getting the heat, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adams controls significant portions of this match. That is very fair. Um, it goes way too long. Adams starts hulking up at one point. Medusa comes uh, in a roundhouse. I was kitchen. just going to say the he, the uh, pop when Adams goozles. Medusa Uh. yeah not great but I'll tell you what Medusa uh, like for not just like 
her athleticism, but also like the outfits she tends to wear as uh, Savage's valet. She throws a very high roundhouse yeah, kick. I, I think a thing in 1999 is there's a lot of Medusa uh, wardrobe malfunctions. Yeah, she manages mm. to avoid one on this occasion. But uh, like just even just the flexibility and the like being in the tight outfit. So it is logistically difficult to even try throw a roundhouse kick is impressive to me. Uh, yeah, like you said, he goozles her. He tries to gorilla press, gets low blowed. Uh, Vincent gets up with a chair, distracts the ref, elbow drop and a win. Savage then takes out the entire B team. Like he becomes after this less than 50-50 match, then all of a sudden he becomes a killer and takes okay, out I, the entire B team. And the women collectively take I out. I did enjoy the post match. I thought the match itself sucked. Yeah. But Savage just being on a fucking rampage and then the women going, yeah, let's fucking do that as well. And just being absolutely insane. That's all it should have been. It should have been like the segment should have been. It shouldn't have been a match. It should have been Savage comes out to do an interview and then Adams comes Mm. out with the B team to confront him because of like him attacking him twice backstage and then brawl. And then it plays out. The end of it plays out just like this. And then you've done you've done in 90 seconds to two minutes what you like it took 10 plus minutes to do and Mm -hmm. it would have been much more over um so yeah a horace gets lipsticked and the ref gets pantsed Uh, we move then into uh the mean guy match of the night the aaron quinn special uh, WCW World Television title as Rick Steiner defends against Fit Finley and this was a classic two drunk uncles fucking battering each other for five minutes like it wasn't it wasn't fabulous by any stretch it wasn't like the there, uh the Meng giant no there, there's match. a gimmick like you get behind fabulous fit finley yeah fabulous fit finley <laughs> did you um, notice um on rick's entrance the title belt he was carrying because it wasn't a world television title. I did not notice at all. Just it was the United States the title that's currently held by his brother. <laughs> and all I can imagine is he was just walking out of the locker room and grabbed a belt. It's called the yes. American flag on it, you fucking idiot. It's the only, like, I'd even forgive him, like, because the TV title and the tag see, titles kind of look see, similar. So if it was one of those, do you, know the, do you know the way they always have, well, I don't know if WCW did, but WWF used to have, like, they would have the belt that oh, the, the guys would be able to bring out of the building and bring, the, like, PR appearances. The and TV belt, the yeah. shiny ones for TV. Yeah. So, like, I'd understand if he, like, just took one glance at the tag belt and accidentally took it, but the fucking oh, totally different shape, belt, like, lads. Um, Come on. How did I not clock that? I feel embarrassed there. I absolutely think that he was just in the locker room with Scott. It was like, oh shit, I'm getting called. And because they were tag champs so often, I'm guessing he thought, well, it doesn't matter. I can just pick up this belt. And just picked up fucking the US title. (laughs) Do you know what I thought? Fit Finley had my favorite moment of of his career run so far. Yes. Um, so Fifinley came out before his music cue Yes, because I thought he was another this? guy with no music. 
Yeah. So he came out and he realizes his music hasn't started and he turns his head slightly and glowers at the screen and his music immediately starts. <laughs> he did a mean guy face and it made the music start. I loved it. Uh and if that was like, I know this was just a WCW fuck, fuck up, but that would be a great bit for a guy to He have. makes his entrance and then stops like, and glowers at the sound guy. <laughs> yeah, and it changes the music. It'd be great. Um, Tanae reminds us, and this is, I'll tell you how the, how the not so mighty have fallen. One year ago, Fit Finley was TV champion. Uh, Rick Steiner looks fucking pissed that he was mm-hmm. booked tonight. Uh, he says that Sunday Sting will have to bring Luger bring this bat or bring his bat bring it all because him and Scott are going to be on him like so wild dogs it's, it's Rick uh, versus Sting at the paper yes well Lee oh, it's folks. a paper you go home show so you're going to have to figure that out for yourself later uh, Tanae mentions uh, Tank Abbott being the ref in the cage and attacking Sting in a swerve last week um there is a very brave man on the hard cam with a Jericho is raw sign uh, a month or so before he debuts. Um, Basically, this is exactly the match you think plays out. They're just like smashing each other. Rick pulls up the mat and Bulldogs fit, which Finley just almost completely no sells. Uh, Finley goes into the ring post and Rick... There is no better word, and I would have to put the intense extra bit of Irish accent on this word. He fucking <laughs> clathers him with a clothesline. He fucking clotheslines Fit Finley yeah. in the ear with a Steiner line. Then it's the Steiner Bulldog and that awful submission that doesn't even look like it would stretch out your sore back. Um, I hate I, win. I, I, the kind I of hate like that submission. Yeah, I really hate it. It's terrible. It doesn't look like it completely breaks suspension of this. And I get it. He's trying to have um, a submission like his brother. Yeah. I, I had written this next bit down as a note, and I'm assuming now, with us looking this up over the course of the show, I know who it's referring to. Uh, Tonight talks about how there's scoops on the hotline about a new arrival to WCW. So I'm assuming they're dropping hints like fuck on the hotline that it's going to be Sid. But of course, because it's the hotline, it will take them 20 minutes to say it and they won't actually say it. Could be Brad Armstrong. Um, Could be. Goddamn the Armstrong curse, man. Um, Then we get NyQuil Nash on the phone. It's a fucking awful segment. Is so bad. Like this is like he's just woken up from his nap, or he's, he's fucking drunk backstage. <laughs> well, actually, no, it might be both. He might have just woken up wine drunk in the locker room. Uh, he says he has cracked ribs. He's beaten and bruised, but he'll be there in Baltimore. He says even at ninety percent, he has more than Savage can handle. Uh, he said, "I'm icing my wounds down with some cold beverages," which I thought was a good line. Uh, he says, oh, "I was just doing pranks, but then Savage took this to another level." He's been analysing this. So Tanae, like keeps asking him, like, do you have any idea who... Who uh, was driving the Hummer? Like, who was driving the Hummer? He says, I've been analysing the tape. Um, and he has the Hummer driver to worry about too. He says, all he saw were headlights and he only had time to jump to the other side of the car. He said, it's weird that he named this, but he said, I saw rumours on the internet it was Scott Hall. And I haven't been able to get in touch with him for three days. 
So like already, like you said, even if at the pay-per-view, they are heavily mm-hmm. inferring it's Sid. They've already cast out by yeah. saying it's Scott Hall on this show. Uh, he says he wants the elbow. So if you remember, uh, Savage's elbow has been banned, even though since it was banned, he's done it in every single match. And Ric Flair is no TV longer in power. And uh, did he do one of yeah. them in front of Ric Flair? Yeah. So, and yeah, Ric Flair is no but longer in power. But also, Ric Flair doesn't uh, like Kevin Nash says, But even though Ric Flair is in charge, but he's not in charge, and even though Roddy Piper isn't in charge, but now he's back in charge, but he's also the acting commissioner, Kevin Nash has the power to unban the elbow. So he's demanded that the elbow be unbanned on Sunday because he doesn't want to have Macho to have any excuses when he leaves. Don't forget, Kevin Nash has Eric Bischoff on the side, maybe. He's also got the belt. And, you know, as Backlash 2001 taught us, more power, more gold. Um... Our main event, at least we thought so at the start of this match, uh, it's Canyon versus Perry Saturn. Uh, Canyon comes out to talk. Um, I did love there was a line here by uh, Larry Zabisco, who is clearly just fucked off with the product at this point in time, where he's like, what the hell happened to shut up and wrestle? <laughs> it's just like everyone's coming out here and talking. Saturn takes that in on board that criticism because he mm-hmm. just power walks out and just starts beating the bollocks off Canyon. <laughs> it's I, great. I was just going to say, I they feel go, like every oh, time Canyon oh, yeah. has a singles match, I need to say this, I fucking love Canyon's music. Canyon's so good. It's like Saturn's great. We've praised him nonstop, but like Canyon is great. Canyon's great as like the foil uh, the guy in the jersey triad who can just take beatings mm-hmm. left, right, and center, and he's just like he's just the little brother of the two actual threats in the group. It's great. Uh, so they go up the ramp, suplex on the ramp, up to the stage, and into like the metal sheets. Um, Canyon, I love. There's like a little rail around the the tubes on the the thunder stage, and he tries to hide behind one of these little rails to escape a beating. Doesn't work. Uh, Saturn throws him back down the ramp. Canyon tries to escape by getting into the ring. Great stuff. Uh, Jumps Saturn while he's getting in. Saturn ducks off the ropes, hits a punching combo, and Canyon's down straight away again. A throw, a 10 punch. Uh, Canyon's able to crotch him then on the top rope for the heat. Uh, Gouges the eyes. Uh, Suplex in from the apron for a two count. Crowd has been completely distracted by something going on on the ramp. Uh, there's a lovely reversal into a neck breaker from Canyon. Uh, then they hit like I thought this match was going like it's not a classic round, but I thought it was a very entertaining little TV match, and it gets boring. Chance, I was like, lads, you need to really mm-hmm. have a think about your standards if you're coming to a Thunder any, any show in '99. Yeah, Saturn makes a comeback with a couple of strikes and an overhead belly to belly. Hits his big I, I, splash, I one of the best. Did like that he did the RVD shit. I hurt myself so I can't make the pin. Um. Mm-hmm. so Saturn is selling too as you said uh, they go through a break and Canyon has a headlock but Saturn gets out with a suplex DDP then appears from nowhere off the top of the rope diving clothesline for the DQ and then we have a referee who uh, it is Pee-Wee it's Pee-Wee yeah. isn't it who all of a sudden he is the authority in WCW because uh, they're brawling for a couple of seconds and then he starts making a belt gesture I was like, what the hell is going on? The bell rings. Now we have a match for the world mm-hmm. tag team titles. So he's just making matches on the fly here. 
So, now our actual main event, Lee. WCW World Tag Team title match. DDP and Canyon, the champions, versus Chris Benoit and Perry Saturn. What the fuck? Why? Like, I... The thing was, right, so because, I, like I said, I copy the who's in the match to make, like, the bullet points for mm-hmm. my notes, and then I flesh it out as we jump from match to match. Um, So I knew the tag match was happening, but, like, as it got closer and closer, like, we're, like, six and a half minutes from the end of the show when the DQ happens. And I was just like, are they... Is it a dark match? And I just copied it wrong? Is, like, did someone in cage match fuck up the, the match listing? What the fuck is happening here? So when this happens, I was just, I was incensed. Just, I couldn't believe like it just made it so WCW. It just made no fucking like why not just have the tag like, match? I look. Why not just have the tag match? Set up the tag match especially in the show. You could actually build to a rating. Early on the show, they said, "Oh yeah, at the bash, it's going to be Triad versus Saturn and uh, Benoit." So they're just giving away a yeah. pay per view match. They just get. Yeah, yeah. So either build to the match, like, because we all know they're more than willing to sacrifice a pay-per-view buy rate to pop a rating on TV. So either build to the match in the second hour and give people a chance to, like, call around their mates and go, oh, fucking World Tag Team title match in the main event. Um, Or, like you said, just do the singles match and do the fucking tag match and the title mm-hmm. switch at the fucking pay-per-view. Anyway, um, the Jersey Boys corner Saturn, they're cutting them off for a long time. Uh, people were really annoyed with the brawl and then the indecisiveness and not realizing what was going on. So the ring yeah. had been pelted in garbage in between the DQ and the start of the tag match. By gum, it's been a while since we've seen guys wrestling garbage on WCW. We've seen people wrestle like garbage, just not in garbage for a while. Um, Saturn does the thing where like, no matter what they're doing to him, he keeps kicking out. And Canyon tries to pick him up for a flatliner, but he's just dead waiting him. Uh, and then Saturn hits an exploder out of nowhere. Canyon is... I, I did like this bit where he hits the suplex and Canyon is so dazed by one suplex that he starts going to the wrong corner to tag out, uh, which I thought was good. Benoit hot tag. Um, he starts throwing Canyon around. Malenko uh, has appeared and he's outside staring down Arn's Yeah, Arn had made... From what I can gather, we don't actually see this. Arn was making his way to ringside with the tire iron to help the triads. And Malenko kind of yeah. stared him down and walked him off. Yeah. And again, we need to point out, Aaron Anderson was wearing jeans. Yeah, it's a very Aaron look for 1999. It's tremendous Aaron look. It's one of the top ones. So yeah, he's staring him down. And then we cut back to the ring where we see Chris Benoit hit a diving headbutt. And we've got new fucking yeah. champions. And that's not even the most bizarre thing that happens in the stretch of about three minutes because after we have this dramatic title switch and we do the, like, we're out of time. Lee, do you want to describe what we saw next happen on television? Because I I had to check there wasn't a monoxide leak in my house um, when I saw this. The show closes with Mike Tanay advertising the Chimp Channel and we proceed to yes. get Mike Tanay and Larry Zabisco at the announce desk as chimps Lee this is one of those things where one I have no memory of ever seeing this before and two how is this not one of the things yeah, people how, bring how up all the time this before? why is this not a thing online yeah I I can't like I'm 
Ah, oh, I like, I. <laughs> I just, I'm not sure I saw it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not sure it actually happened, or the two of us are just have a shared delusion. Like, WCW at this stage. put this on TV. They sure did. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to see if I can find like the video somewhere. Okay. Great. Yes, I found it on YouTube. I'll be posting that on the Thunder this on the Thunder Twitter this week. Um yeah, that's fuck. Yeah. And that is like the the chimp Larry and the chimp Mike are how we sign off for Great American Bash 99. Yeah, that's your big go home. Advertising the paper instead of you better advertising yep. the chimp channel. Chimp tonight, chimp tonight and chimp Zabisco. <laughs> what? What a fucking company. I love it. I love it so much. Um, Alright, I'm going to wrap up this thunder and then you know yeah. what we got to do after that. So, firstly, that's Thunder 66 in the books. Your overall thoughts on the show? Who are your winners and losers, boy? I, I didn't think it was a bad show. I think the, the match on match really dragged the arse out of things. Um, Buffing the cat was just what you'd expect from Buffing the cat. Like the mm-hmm. the Savage Brian Adams skits, I got a good bit of enjoyment out of. Um, I mean, the Homer is the Homer. I'm fucking excited for that. Um, look, I thought it was a. I had issues with the show. I didn't hate the show. I think that's the best way I can say it. It had yeah. many, many issues, but I didn't dislike it. Yeah, it was like it was mm-hmm. watchable, wasn't it? It was like it was inessential. There was, was continuity there, but from I wouldn't. The previous weeks, and that's all we can ask yeah. for sometimes. Yeah, I gotta say this won't be the last one of these. Uh, by the way, the Chimp Channel skits. I'm just looking at like various news articles from 1999 here. Uh, it would, it would appear that Thunder is the lead-in for the Chimp Channel oh, wow. until December, which is when you might recall. Thunder yes. gets moved to Wednesdays in December. Uh, so it's announced in December 99 that it's uh, shifting to Wednesdays and that that's when the Chimp Channel is cancelled. I have some very, like, I, <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel that a, a show called the Chimp Channel, if it is just skits like that, managed to somehow last six months. I have a lot of questions about the American well, public. Man. In 1999. Yeah, man, it was really a different time. Oh. Um, uh, so, yeah, did we hit your winners and losers there? As I was just reading um, Chimp Channel stuff. I mean, I don't know. The fucking Saturn and Benoit, they won the World Tag Team titles. I don't yeah. know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you want like, there was no, uh There was no very obvious losers on the show. I don't know. There was nothing, nothing horrendous on the no. show that I really want to point to. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing. Yeah, it was all. There was kind of like a base level of stuff that was kind of disappointing. Or, I mean, the real winner is the <laughs> is us, like, this us is the like fans for the Hummers are basically Hummers. Hummers are basically getting free advertisement on yeah. Turner for the next two years. So Hummers are really winning here. Um. Our finish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borger gives us six matches with three clean finishes, two DQs and one interference leading directly to a finish. Now, Lee, it's the go home. 
Great American Bash. 1999 is our next free show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And as is customary with every pay-per-view, I ask you to name every match. All you know, you haven't looked this up. All you know is the build Mm -hmm. you've been watching on the thunders between the last two pay-per-views. So now you are going to, of course, because of how great WCW is at storytelling, you are going to be able to recite for me all nine matches that occur at Great American Bash 1999. (laughs) Have you met this company, sir? At least it's not 13 or fucking 18 or whatever. It'll get ridiculous in Russo era. Um, Okay, so nine matches. Yeah. Okay, world title. Uh Uh-huh. I will say, do you want to... Here's something we could try and add in uh, as part of the guesswork, just to warm you up. Do you want to guess how long the longest match on this show is? 14 minutes. 19 minutes, 13 seconds. Uh, I will say to you, it will relieve you to know that that match is a good one. Or at least it's featuring good people. So it's... Bemo and Saturn. Okay. One match. Yes. Okay, so, so world title match. match versus Savage. Rick Steiner Two. versus Sting. Three. Do you want to guess what the stip on that Rick one is? Rick Steiner versus is Sting is the stip. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not a no match. It's a false count anywhere match. Hope you like walking brawls, um, okay. buddy. Disco versus Buff. I, yes. I don't like the way you had That's to four. look and see if that was actually on the card after the advertising. Sorry, because you'd actually you'd actually done the top three matches, and then you okay. It's, it's way back um, earlier in the show than that one. Rap versus crap. Uh, yes, no limit soldiers versus the West Texas the Rednecks. No soldiers. Um. <laughs> So okay. that's five. So four matches left. I there is one you will and be annoyed that you didn't remember. There are two that are just throw two fucking darts at a board. Um, and then there's another one okay, that you'll kick so yourself if you don't remember. So it's split between two random matches and two actual were built to some extent matches. Uh, let me think. Does Scott Steiner have a match on this show? He does there not. the US title. Um, there are no more title matches on this God. show. And there's nine matches. Yes. Will I give... Yeah, oh, only I, two I, titles are defended guess. on this show. Hugh Morris. Yeah. Uh, so his nope. feud with the Cruiserweights is dead. Well, it, I don't know. Ah, Scott Norton <laughs> versus Ernest Miller. That's dope. That's two featured fucking feuds over the past two weeks. You got one of those wrestlers, right? Ernest Miller? So, hang on, he has a match yes. on the pay-per-view. Not against... Oh, and it's not God. against the guy he's shooting with, no. <laughs> uh, Ernest Miller versus Billy Kidman. Nope. Uh, is it some random baby face? No, it's somebody who's sort of aligned with with, with Morton. 
Oh my it god! Oh man, that has to be a competitive <laughs> match. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be, I'll be sending this card and circling that to to Aaron. Uh, oh, oh, that, Chris Be or um, Roddy Piper versus Ric Flair. Yes, for, for con- that's one of the ones for control of that WCW was built. again. Yes, I guess. Although that is not listed in the stips here on Wikipedia, which makes oh, me no. think that they forgot about that stip. Well, I should which say the would be very for the, funny for the next thunder. Is Ric Flair and Roddy Piper walking out together? <laughs> Grant, Grant. <laughs> if you want to know the consequences Grant. of this pay per view. Will yeah, I tell you on. one thing that will at least make you a little bit relieved about that Ric Flair Roddy Piper okay. match? It's only eight minutes um, long. This is not too bad. Like, there's only three matches that go over ten minutes, and two of the three are less are still um, less than eleven minutes. Right. So there's one more featured feud I should know about. Is there one more featured feud, which is the opener, and then one I don't think you're going to get it, and I might have to give it to you. One more featured feud. I can give you the stip of the opener, but I think that okay, I think on. that will give it away. It is a hardcore match. Is it knobs and Bam Bam? No, because Bam Bam's already wrestling. To, or yeah, he's, he's, he's he's featured in a match tonight. The, he's he's in not wrestling, but he's featured. But knobs is in a. Yeah. F- oh, not not knobs and hack. It is knobs. Okay. It is knobs and hack, yeah. Yeah. And then God, the other one, will I just give it to you? Yeah, yeah, look, yeah, I mean to be fair, you got I would say seven point five. I had to, give, hardcore, I had to yeah. give you I had to yeah. guide you to Horace. Um but uh the other match, which I know you're going to be so thankful, is eight minutes and thirty five seconds of your life as Mikey Whipwreck wrestles Van Hammer. <laughs> Why? Do you want to? Do you want to think about some of the names Why? that aren't on this show? <laughs> Booker T's not you on this champion. show, man. You you were champion. Goldberg's Scott not on this show. Scott Steiner's not on this show. I think maybe Goldberg's not because I want to say maybe he's gone off to film Universal Soldier. Why? Why is? Because yeah, isn't that late nineteen ninety Universal Soldier two the one he's like in? Ripwreck getting pay per view space in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so many good guys in this roster, man. Hack, Hack versus Brian Nobbs. Uh, that's that's like the fourth. That's like the fourth longest match on the show as Brian well. Nobbs. Ernest Miller versus Horace. Yeah. Can I tell you, we're going to be very lucky if we get through the first forty minutes of the pay per view because the first three matches are Hack Brian Nobbs, Van Hammer, Mikey Whipwreck, and Buff Bagwell. Very real chance I don't watch this and just blag my way through. <laughs> oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you watch it Clockwork Orange style, sir. <laughs> Horrendous. Horrendous. Right, Fucking okay. Nice. Yeah. All right, that's it. That's it for another episode of uh, Days of Thunder. Thanks very much for tuning in, guys. The next free podcast in two weeks on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network will be our review of Great American Bash 1999. If 
you fancy a bit more of us talking about different things, not necessarily just WCW, you're going to want to sign up for the mere cost of five Europeans at a large our Patreon, where we have all sorts of goodies, all sorts of mini series. By the time this airs, there will be a brand new grab bag radio, my end of month show uh, where I'll take questions, talk about what I've been watching lately and anything else in the world of wrestling that comes off the top of my dome. Um, so in the meantime, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, We shall talk to you again very soon. Goodbye. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder was produced by Lee Malone and edited by me, Dave Ryan. Keep up to date with the show and find all the ways to listen to us. You can follow us on Twitter at WCWThunderPod or click the Linktree link in our Twitter bio or in the show notes. I am at the Day to Dave on Twitter and Lee is at Malone underscore 713. Days of Thunder is a part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Follow the VOW network anywhere. Good podcasts are sold for more fine podcasts than you can shake a stick at. Thanks. Music. It's not just part of our daily lives, it's part of our wrestling fandom as well, and it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in. Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling, hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me. Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations, musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.